and I'm thinking like I'm getting this applied mathematics and economics degree. And I'm like, dude, everything I've learned to become successful has come from outside of mm-hmm. the classroom, outside of traditional school. And I knew the title right away. Welcome to Pencil Leadership. I'm Chris Anderson, success and lifestyle entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help you realize your full potential so you can leave a positive mark on the world. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. Today, we have John Stankiewicz on the show, and John is a serial entrepreneur. He's been doing entrepreneurship for nine years. He also has his podcast, The Unconventional Education Show, as well as his book called Beyond the Classroom. So if you're trying to get motivation to start your entrepreneur journey, maybe you're in the midst of it and just looking on direction on where to go, this episode is for you. And if you like anything you hear, make sure you share it on Instagram and tag at Pencil Leadership and subscribe to the show so you don't miss future episodes. It's cool. It's crazy. You say nine years of entrepreneurship. (laughs) I'm just like, I can't even believe it myself, like how quick time passes. Yeah. Did it seem like nine years? Has it really felt like it's flown by? I'm sure in the moment it was like, golly, am I ever going to succeed? And now you're nine years later, a success. I always describe entrepreneurship as a roller coaster. There's moments where you're on top of the world and you're like, nothing can stop me. And then you're just like plummeting down towards the ground and you're like, (laughs) you're like, I'm screwed. But I don't know. It's just, I got involved when I was 18. So I'm 27 now and I just love it. It's honestly what I'm passionate about. So I think time kind of escapes you when you're just fully immersed in something you're passionate about. For sure. And you said you got started at 18. That was network marketing, right? We'd love for you to share kind of high level of that journey to what brought you to where you are today and what your main focus is right now. So yeah, my first exposure to entrepreneurship was network marketing. And before that, I grew up in a very rural, small town in Connecticut. There's 97 students in my graduating class. We have one of those towns where there's more cows and pigs and goats and there's people. (laughs) And (laughs) I grew up just always rebellious. I was always like against the grain, always testing authority, kind of a smart ass in many regards, (laughs) but it always landed me in like, you know, lunch detention, detention in school suspension, all that stuff, just because I thought I was a lot funnier than I actually, (laughs) than authorities thought I was in class. Age 14, it's where I always start my journey because when I was 14 years old, I was actually expelled from high school for selling a $5 bag of weed in history class to a friend. <laughs> and I wasn't a drug dealer or anything like that, but this kid asked me if I could get it for him. I knew where I could. I got it for him. Two and a half months later, he made a bomb threat, got the school shut down, and they sat him down, had him admit everything he had done wrong while he was in school. And that incident came up and they called oh. me down. They're like, John, just admit it and we'll work to correct things. It'll be much better. So I do. And it results in me getting kicked out of school for half the year. I had to do 200 hours of community service before I could return and all of my tutoring outside of the school. And so growing up in a society like we do, you know, you feel like school is the only path to success. That's basically what we're taught. We're like, you got to go to school, get good grades, get into a good college, get a good degree, go get a job with a good company, work 40 years, and then hopefully retire and enjoy what's left after that. And so when I'm 14 years old, kicked out of school, I'm like, how am I ever going to become successful? I didn't know how I was ever going to make it happen. I was really depressed about it for a few weeks. I was moping around our house. And eventually my parents sat me down. They're like, John, look, you can either use this moment to make you or break you. Like you're only 14 years old. You have so much time ahead of you. You don't even realize it yet, but you have to make the decision if you want to make this happen. And I remember in that moment, I really didn't know what I was going to do, but I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to become successful no matter what. And at the time it was go back to school. I got my grades up. I was working 30 hours plus a week in a kitchen behind a fry later doing whatever I had to do, you know, to get through high school. And eventually I get into the college of my dreams, my number one pick. 
And that got shut down because a month before I was supposed to go after signing up for classes, going to orientation, everything, my mom had to sit me down and be like, John, we can't afford this. We don't have the money. You can't get loans this big your first year. You can't afford it. Frying uh, mozzarella sticks only pays you so much. <laughs> so basically, like I told all my friends, family, I was so pumped to go away and get this journey to success started. And I had to end up commuting to a local community college. And that was a very important moment for me as well, because I made the decision then that I would never let finances dictate the decisions I'd make the rest of my life. I was so torn up over that. And so got through my first year at the community college, got great grades. And then I go to college and I'm pursuing this path of physical therapy and I'm introduced to the industry of network marketing from one of my best friends. And it was like my whole world got turned upside down. I was like, wait a minute, like I can make money traveling the world and being my own boss. And there's this thing that exists that's called residual income where I can earn it, even if I'm not actively trading my time cooking burgers and French fries. Like I saw these young people living a dream lifestyle that never was presented to me. And immediately I was like, this is the path I'm taking. And so that first business didn't work out. We can get into all of this if you want to, but I had this inner entrepreneur unlock. So all throughout college, we're starting businesses. We had one flipping textbooks on campus during finals week. We had another one we started that we bus students to off-campus parties and events. We had <laughs> like, we were trading stocks. We were flipping sports jerseys online and probably a bunch of other things I shouldn't talk about on a podcast. But, <laughs> but I ended up getting through college and graduating and I got my degree in applied mathematics and economics. But at that point, my second network marketing business was paying me more residually than most of my friends were making going down the corporate path to what I like to call the cube farm. <laughs> and so I was like, that's the last thing I wanted to do. So yeah. instead, five days after graduation, I moved to Florence, Italy, spent seven months over there traveling around Europe. I got involved with club promoting. I was working with a travel company selling day and weekend trips all over Italy and Europe to study abroad students. So got to see like all of Western Europe and like just experience this amazing nightlife scene. They live like a rock star, honestly. <laughs> but after about seven months, I was just so burnt out. And mm. I was like, ready to take my business and start treating it like a real business. Yeah. So came back to the States. I went through some serious personal development, some serious recommitting, getting clear on my goals. And I went on to eventually become a top 10 earner in my network marketing company for ages 25 and under. And I did that for three years in a row. I was able to invest in different businesses I was passionate about. This past year, I published my first book. I've been able to travel to like Man, almost 30 countries now. Like you mentioned in the beginning, it was Colombia I was Columbia, in for a month. No, 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 you're good. But like last month, I was just in Colombia in this beautiful lake home, just hanging out because of the freedom and the lifestyle that I've been fortunate enough to create. So mm. I love coming on shows and podcasts because I love to pay it forward, man. It's just been yeah. such an incredible journey. It is. And man, it's so inspiring too. So John, how old are you right now? I'm 27. 27 right now. Okay. So yeah, you are younger than me by a couple of years, but that's awesome. Like I especially love hearing people who are younger than me, like already taking the steps that I'm just now started last year, basically. And I'm like, yes, guys are going after you're going to be so much farther ahead when you get to my age. Like, I mean, I'm 30 this month, so I'm not like anything ancient, but like, it's just really cool. And you're right. It opens up so much freedom when you get and have that independence through having your own business. You don't have to worry about it, you know? That's why I'm excited to dive into this just unconventional education. Like, how can we show other people ways to go about doing this? I mean, because like you said, you've done a lot of different things throughout your nine years as an entrepreneur. So one thing, I, when you were talking, though, I was wondering, you said even early on, like 14-year-old, you don't want finances to be in your way of success and things like that. So what does success kind of look like to you? 
Yeah, I mean, there's so many different, yeah. you know, definitions you can give. I'm a huge Earl Nightingale fan. If you ever listen to The Strangest Secret, mm-hmm. I think he gives the best definition. It's success is a progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And I think you learn that as you go down the journey, like you embark on the journey and you're submerged in it. It's about finding fulfillment in the process. I genuinely yeah. feel like at the time when I'm like finances won't dictate the decisions I'll make the rest of my life. And I have this chip on my shoulder because I got expelled from high school and I want to yeah. prove everyone wrong. It was just literally making something of myself and making a ton of money. And, you know, at first it was definitely for self-serving reasons. But as you go and as you go down the path, I feel like you just find so much fulfillment in like just the process. Like like I look back to our first network marketing business when on the weekends I was borrowing this girl's car in my hall to go do events on other college campuses. And like we have courtyards and classrooms of people and we're just like standing up on furniture, just sharing the vision of what was possible. Like that's the stuff that really fulfills me. You know what I mean? And like Mm. the process of my book, like, yeah, it's so cool to have a published book and I'm so grateful for it. But I look back when I was writing it, like in New York City, I went to Lifetime Sky there and that's where I wrote the majority of it. And I'm sitting there like in the middle of the summer while people are out at the pool, there's celebrities and athletes partying and I'm just chilling, writing my book, like grind and focus, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's just the journey, man. You got to be in love with the process or else I feel like you'll never really make it as an entrepreneur. I think that's a critical part that you mentioned there is you have to love the journey, the process, because a lot of people get into it, entrepreneurship, network marketing, anything like within that realm of building a business. And they see what the end result can be through people who are trying to help them. And they think that it's going to happen for them quickly and that it might be easy. And so when they get into it and there are, I mean, they hit a obstacle, you know, it shakes them up and they're like, okay, maybe this isn't for me. And which, I mean, that's okay. Maybe it's not. But I think, yeah, you got to love the process of it all to get to that end result. 100%. Because if you don't, you're just not going to make it through. There's just so much rejection, so much failure, so much doubt along the way and so much uncertainty. And if you're not in love with just like kind of dragging yourself through the mud and like going through that process, you're just not going to make it to that end place. Yeah. So how did you go about that? I'm sure you had probably kickback from people that were close to you starting this journey. I'm sure when you did get in those valleys, when you were getting dragged through the mud, how did you do that? How did you keep going forward during those times? Yeah, I think in hindsight at the time, I guess I just felt super, I was just always been super motivated. I feel like there's certain people who like get it, want it, and are not stopping until they get there. I think I always say that I think adversity is one of the greatest advantages that people can have. And I think that I was able to really like take like my expulsion and not being able to afford school and all that stuff and really use it as such a burning and powerful why to get through the rejection and get through the scrutiny and get through like whatever negativity I received. Cause there was tons of it. So in my first yeah. business, man, like I was a college student, 18 <laughs> years old, like trying to build this business and telling people like, we're going to be millionaires. We're going to you know do all this stuff. And people are like, you're out of your mind. And I remember when I decided to walk away from my first business, cause there was just a lot of things that I wasn't aligning with. My mom was partnered with a different health and wellness company in the network marketing space. And I had been watching her and I was like, she's a year and a half in. She had never gone to college. She was on track to make a six figure income. The compensation plan was awesome. The products were some of the best. Like people were having the craziest transformations. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go build with her. I thought it'd be a seamless transition. And I remember not one person from my original organization followed me. Like I'd be walking to my fraternity chapter meetings on campus and people would be like, oh, Bernie Madoff's here. Like, how's the cards doing, man? Like all that type of stuff. You know, it does throw you off, and especially when you're younger, like it definitely does. But 
man, like it's just really looking at the macro perspective. Like we get one life to live. There's so many people just going down a path that has been get like designed. They feel like they have no other choice. They're just following the herd, following the crowd. And I'm just like, dude, I want to do all this awesome stuff. And no one going down that path is doing that awesome stuff. So if it takes people thinking I'm crazy, losing some friendships, like being made fun of in closed circles, that's fine with me because you get one chance at life, man. Why are we doing anything other than going all in? Absolutely. And it's a crazy thing. People listen to people who are not where they want to be. Like you Mm -hmm. listen to people who are, I mean, unless you want to be in a corporate job and work 40 years and retire and hopefully have enough to last you the rest of your life. Like that's cool. That's fine. But listen to people and watch people that you want to become, like Mm -hmm. learn from them. And I just couldn't do it. Like I can't, (laughs) like you said, there's so much out there. There's so much world to see that we can't do it from all the cubicles. And so, yeah, (laughs) it's not for everyone. And so, but I think we have so much potential that we're missing out on regardless, even if you're in a nine to five, I think people are still missing out on a lot of their potential that they could have in life. Totally, man. Totally. And what you just said, I think the fear of other people's opinions and just worrying so much about other people think about you. That's the number one thing. I say that fear of failure and imposter syndrome, but specifically fear of other people's opinions is what prevents anyone from truly getting into action and going all in. Like they're just so worried about what their family's going to say or their girlfriend or their best friend. And none of these people have what they want or even head in the direction of the place that they want to go. So it's like, why listen to them? Like, yeah. If you're going to get opinions, get them from people who like your values are in alignment, your goals are in alignment and Mm. they have what you actually want to achieve. Like, why would you listen to someone who's going in the opposite direction? It just doesn't make any sense when you really think about it. Yeah, for sure. I just interviewed a guy, Lucas Matilio. He was saying like being vanilla. If you're focused on pleasing everyone, you're going to stay in that vanilla state. Mm. Whereas if you're really just trying to attract those people that fit exactly what you're looking for to help to build that friendship, that team, that group around, that's when you don't have to worry about all the other crap because that's not who you want to be around. And so when you're focusing on the positive, on going forward, on the people that truly want and need your help and have the same goals, that's when you start to really succeed. And it's when we're vanilla, when we're trying to please everybody, that really hurts us. It really does, man. And like when you're doing that, you might have people that are like, okay, he's not going to try to like make us uncomfortable. He's not going to outgrow us like he's safe, but you're never going to get real supporters or real Mm -hmm. followers or real customers or people that really are ride or die on your mission. Like when you try Mm -hmm. to play neutral, you got to pick a stance and what's going to happen is like your audience divides, but half of them are going to probably hate you and want nothing to do with you, which is fine. But the other half are going to be literal ride or die supporters. Yeah. Then yeah, you, you got to make that choice. What's the quote? If something about like if you're standing in the middle of the highway, you got to pick one direction or another. Otherwise, you're just going to get ran over. So, yeah, we've got to kind of just like you said, take that stance. Totally. And what do you want in life? And so with that, I know you have your unconventional education show talking about mindset, entrepreneurship, success, things like that. What are and I'm curious to hear this, some things that you've heard people say you should do to be successful that you don't believe are true at all. So that I'm interested to see if you've heard any really out there. Yeah, man. I mean, I think it's just in general, like how we're conditioned growing up and how society conditions us. Like we have to understand, like through the school system, we've all been through it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, get in line. Like you're told when you can go eat, you're told when you can go pee, you're told when like you're able to speak up, like raise your hand, be patient. Like you're drawn between the lines. Your creativity is very 
muffled. Like you think about it, like being in art or music class, like you're looked at as a loser, right? Like you're expressing your creativity. And I just think that we're literally conditioned from the start to become a cog in the system, to follow orders, to stay between the lines. And that's just wrong, man. Like, cause yeah. you look, and I remember being in high school looking and I'm like, all right, like one of my favorite athletes, LeBron James, I'm like, so this dude, like, literally went from high school to the NBA. Like he never went to college. He's one of the most successful people I see. And then you look at the business people and you look at everyone who's truly crushing it and none of them took a conventional path. So it's like, how are you telling me that going to school, getting good grades, getting this good college, this good internship, this good job, like that is success. Cause everyone you see that's truly successful. And look, I have a strong opinion on like how we should live life. I know that going to school and getting a college degree is a path that has served a lot of people. If you want to be like an engineer, doctor, lawyer, you got to go that path. If that's what you're truly passionate about, cool. At the end of the day, yeah. do what makes you happy. But if you want to live the life like these athletes, entrepreneurs, these people, like, man, school isn't going to equip you with those skills or the knowledge that you need to go out there and actually make it happen. So I just think like everything you're kind of beaten down and conditioned in school, that doesn't make you successful, man. Like, and right. I look, you know, it's funny. Yeah. I love to hear from you. Like I look back at some of the kids in high school who graduated top of the class and like, I don't even know what they're doing now. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Like they, they right. followed all the rules. They didn't speak up and they didn't get in trouble. They got all A's and it's like, where are they? Like, yep. <laughs> I yep. don't know. It's weird. No, I agree. It's like you would expect, I mean, just from that kind of that mindset we're, we're told to have, yeah, top of the class, they'll be the next, you know, presidents or whatever. And it's like, I mean, nothing to get there. Incredibly smart people, great people. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't hear about them besides maybe what I see on Facebook every now and then. But even some of them, I don't see at all. And yeah. I think it goes back just to like what you're saying. It it just really crushes our creativity and our potential there. Not that school is bad. I mean, my wife's a teacher. Nothing that school is terrible. But I think it does kind of make us a cog in the system, like you said. And I think, again, we have so much potential. Like, that's what I try to harp on with pencil leadership. Like, live to your full potential so you can leave that positive mark. and. I think a lot of it's just kind of boxed in for so long, people forget. Totally, dude. Totally. So Hustle Prevails, that's your clothing brand that you launch periodically, right? You have a launch plan with that. It's not always open. Yeah, for now, I've just been doing like exclusive releases, but cool. I'm going to Columbia for three months this summer. When I come back, I'm going to take it to a whole different awesome. level. I love the name for one, Hustle Prevails, I think. But some people have a bad taste with that word hustle. What does hustle mean to you? I know we asked you what success meant to you. What's hustle mean to you? I actually really appreciate you saying that because mm -hmm. last night we had a team called our network marketing team and mm -hmm. we had this trainer on, teaches you how to build your business on LinkedIn. And he's like, never put side hustle in your profile. He's like, you know what? I hate the word hustle. And he starts going off on it. And there's a couple of people wearing the hoodies and like oh. we were private messaging each other. But it's just the way you view the word. Like I'm not talking hustle as in like, finesse and like do bad things and like hustle somebody it's hustle more so in the terms of like what an athlete would be like hustle it out like mm -hmm. keep going don't stop yeah dig deep like that's the mentality of it all and it's funny how this whole thing came about it was very organic like i was laying in bed this past summer and the phrase popped into my mind and i looked on my computer it was there for like 10 minutes i'm like you know what? i gotta look into this and the website was open instagram was open and the trademark was open so I just locked it all in and I sat on it for a few months and the phrase just didn't escape me. This really embodies just like my life and my career as an entrepreneur and everything I've done so far, because if you just don't give up, you keep going, you keep grinding, you stay true to yourself and you just don't stop. The hustle always prevails. 
It really does. And so yeah, that's really what it means. It's not like a negative thing because right. I think there's different ways to interpret it. Yeah. I like the word hustle because I kind of see it how you defined it. So I'm always just curious on what people define their word that they use. And it kind of reminds me of if you've read Og Mandino's book, The Greatest Salesman in the World, where he said one of the rules or laws or whatever is I'll persist until I succeed. And so just sticking with it, you know, being mm. consistent, being persistent until you succeed. And I think that's the big thing people don't get. Like if you're doing the right things, if you're taking the right action daily, eventually things are going to start working out. That's my belief. I think if you're doing the right things in the right order and you do it long enough, I think you'll start having the results you're wanting. Totally. My take on just everything you do in life is the only way you ever can fail is if you quit. If yeah. you keep going, you can never fail, right? Yeah. That's the mentality of it all, man. It's just like, yeah. keep going. And like some points are going to have to pivot. Yeah. Or some venture is not going to work out. Yeah. But if you stay focused, it's staying focused on the bigger picture and the vision mm -hmm. and the lifestyle and the impact, all the bigger things, man, all the little pieces along the way are just vehicles to bring you there. Yeah, I agree. I think what I try to do is I see that big picture, see the big goal, but know that the journey, the path that you take to get there could change. It's like a mm -hmm. river that flows, you know, it comes up to something. It's either going to go through it, around it, whatever, under it. It's going to have to shift and change and meander around things. It's not going to just be a straight line all the time. And so just like our journey to get to those goals, like it's not going to be a straight line. You're going to have to pivot and adapt to things as you go. Totally, dude. So you obviously have a big vision going forward. I can imagine. How do you personally keep that kind of in the forefront without like focusing too much on it where you kind of get tripped up where you're walking? Honestly, man, I really take things day by day. Yeah. In the beginning, the whole like five, 10 year vision, all that stuff. Like I know the lifestyle I want to live. I know like the impact I want to make. Yeah. I know what these things are, but really all we have, we could get so caught up in all of that. Like we have today, we have this moment right now to take action and move the needle forward and just make things happen. So for me, what I do every day is I wake up, I list out everything I need done and that's that. And my goals, I set them a year at a time. I know I have an idea of where I want to go, but it's just like, you just got to break it down. It's like, what can I do right now today to make it and just not getting overwhelmed. I think a big thing is patience because being after this for nine years, like things are not going to happen overnight and yeah. you don't want them to happen overnight. Honestly, you want to build things right. that are sustainable, that are going to last. And you just got to be patient, man. Like every single day, work on getting a little better, do something to move your business forward and the compound effect will kick in long term. And then eventually your results start coming in exponentially. But you got to be yeah. patient and just back to how we started this podcast, really enjoy the journey. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I think, again, People see, like, have the idea, have that vision of what they want, but it goes back to they're focusing on that so much, they lose patience. And just like, again, kind of the traveling perspective, like if you're hiking and you're climbing this mountain, yeah, you know the peaks there, you know where you're trying to get to. But if you're staring at that peak, you're going to get tripped up on something, rocks, you know, you're not going to have good footing. And so it's the same on an entrepreneurship kind of journey. You got to worry about right now to get to that peak. Yeah, it's just all we have. Like, you don't know what's going to happen a year from now, five, like who could have predicted COVID? I spent a whole year <laughs> writing my book and I had this book tour planned and it's like, just like that. We're in lockdown, no events, nothing. And it's just like, okay. I think last yeah. year put a lot into perspective for me as well. It's just like, know where you want to go, but like just figure out the daily action steps and just yeah. Attack. Yeah. Reverse engineer to know what you need to do daily. I think that's crucial and it makes it less stressful. I think a little bit 
until you start looking outward like, oh, but I'm not here yet. <laughs> so you well, got to reel back in. Yeah, because it's like with the hustle prevails, like mm-hmm. I want to build a very large brand with this, but I can't look at. And this is an extreme example, but like Nike and be like, oh, my God, like if I'm sitting here at the very beginning, literally like packaging this stuff myself and sending it out and I'm looking at Nike, I'm going to be so overwhelmed and discouraged that you'll probably quit. But I'm like everywhere. But you look at like one of my favorite books is Shoe Dog. I don't know if you've read that one. I haven't. Mm -mm. So good, man. But like Nike started off, he was literally just flipping track shoes out of the back of his trunk from (laughs) Japan or I think is where he was importing them from. And it's like that's where he started. You know what I mean? And it's just yep. day by day. Like even him didn't realize that Nike would ever get to that magnitude. Wow. Phil Knight, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And that's, again, everyone starts basically at the same spot. Everybody basically starts at zero and they have to build it up and they just stick with it. It's like the quote I've heard, we underestimate what we can do in 10 years and overestimate what we can do in one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, we got to have that patience and we got to keep sticking it out and yeah, I think we can learn so much too on a journey like what we're on entrepreneurship wise. Like there's so much more that you learn about yourself, about others, about the world when you're immersed in this kind of journey, which I think, again, your unconventional education, I think it is, it's unconventional, but I feel like you learn so much more that's useful. <laughs> totally. On this kind of journey. Yeah. hundred percent, man. And that's what inspired the book and everything. It was like, the end of college looking, it was a graduation day, looking at my cap and gown on my bed. And I'm thinking like, I'm getting this applied mathematics and economics degree. And I'm like, dude, everything I've learned to become successful has come from outside of Mm -hmm. the classroom, outside of traditional school. And I knew the title right away, but it's like running around campus, flipping textbooks and like doing a mass marketing campaign, putting flyers under every door on our campus. Like you learn there. Like I learned from on the weekends going and doing events and just sharing the vision and like speaking. Like I built public speaking skills. I was building sales skills. I was learning how to deal with rejection. I was building the mindset necessary for uh, success. Just all of these skills that actually applied to the real world and applied to the world of success. That's why I think if anything, schools could be updated to have some sort of entrepreneurship feel or like, you know, education around entrepreneurship a little bit just to give people that experience and kind of an eye opener. Like, hey, there's more than just going and working for someone else the rest of your life. That's exactly it, Chris. It's like I don't for one second, like if you guys are listening, think that I'm against education because I invest. I mean, in my career, I've invested tens of thousands of dollars in my own personal growth. Every morning I read for an hour or two, like I'm constantly digging for knowledge and constantly working on my skill set. Like I'm a student of the game and I will be forever. It's yep. just, they just got to change, like give a little more options. Don't make it so black and white because yeah. we don't live in a black and white world. Right, exactly. Kind of off the path we're going, but you say you read every morning. Are you a 5 a.m. club or do you believe in the 5 a.m. club or... You know, I haven't read that one yet, probably just because I've never been a morning person. I don't want to be smacked <laughs> with the reality that I should be waking up at 5 a.m. Right. <laughs> right. But no, I'm very strict with my morning routine. Normally, I'm like 7 a.m. Yeah. Uh, honestly, nothing crazy. But right. I think it's uh, different for each person. I don't think it has to be a set 5 a.m. I was just curious as to what your kind of look like. Normally, I have my vision board next to my bed. So I do have all of that and I'll look mm-hmm. at it and just kind of visualize I'll make my bed right away. Yep. Meditation, at least for like five minutes, I'm trying to build that muscle. My gratitude journal, five things I'm grateful for. My mantra this year has been money flows to me effortlessly, rapidly, and in abundance. I write that every morning. And then I read, and normally, like I said, an hour or two just till I'm good. 
another thing, another part of the freedom, man, like I can wake up without an alarm. I can start my day on my own terms. Another big thing is I never look at my cell phone mm. or any screens because I feel like it immediately puts you in reactive mode and I'm trying yeah. to start my day proactively and in, in control. Sure. So yeah, I think it's huge stuff to just get your mind right, start the day off right, start in control. Definitely. And I know you work out, so I know that's part of your day because I've seen some of your stuff on social media. And when do you kind of start your, I guess, business tasks during your day? Do you have certain blocks for that or? Yeah. You know, I'm like weirdly disciplined with making sure I get stuff done. So Mm -hmm. I don't really need to like time block in my calendar exactly when, like obviously things like recording podcasts or calls you need to block. I've recently changed it up though. So typically I do my morning routine, do like an hour of just like some busy work and then Mm -hmm. go to the gym. But now I'm doing my morning routine and then hopping into like three, four hours of just like handling business stuff and all that. Going to the gym like late midday and then coming back and then I'll take care of more stuff as well. But the most important thing is just making the list of things that need to be done that day in the morning and just getting them done for me. And I'm good at like not having to really... Well, like block that time. Like I can, I'll make sure it's done. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. That's like with me, if I just know what I need to get done, that's a lot better for me than if it's like, I have no idea. Then I get all, oh, well, I think I wasn't productive today, but if I can, yeah, write down like, okay, this stuff needs to be done today. And I'm like, okay, now I can get it done. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm exactly. always curious just how other people who are successful are, are running their days and things. So, but man, John, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed talking with you, getting to know you better and hearing about your story and just learning. If people are starting out maybe on their entrepreneurship journey or thinking about it, what would be maybe three things, a couple things that you would suggest for them to do or just maybe words of wisdom for them starting out? Yeah. Going back to what I mentioned in the beginning, we were talking about other people's opinions. Yeah. Like I firmly believe that the fear of other people's opinions, fear of failure and imposter syndrome prevent people from taking action in the first place or diving all in into whatever that they're trying to pursue. Cause a lot of people will start pursuing something. They'll make that first decision to, you know, I'm going to do this, but they never actually go all in, make that second decision to say, Hey, this is what it's going to be. And I'm going to make this happen by any means necessary. So we talked a lot about the fear of other people's opinions. Seek advice from people that you want to be like, that are aligned with you, that have what you want. Don't seek advice. Like if you're trying to start your own business, don't go ask your friend who's working a 40 hour a week job and has no, and like drinks every single week and has no plans of trying to escape that, what his thoughts are on this new business idea is. Because what do you think the type of answer you're going to get? That's too mm-hmm. risky. You're wasting your time. I don't know. Like maybe you should play it safe. Like, but don't just stay away from that. And, the only person's opinion that really matters weigh yours far above anyone else's. Like you have to take in consideration other people's opinions to a certain extent. Cause I mean, your success is based on like what you can do for other people and the impact you make. But that's what I have to say about that failure. Know that you're probably going to fail at some point in your journey. It's a necessary part of the equation of success. And within failure lies the greatest lessons that you'll learn to equip yourself with the skills you actually need to achieve success and maintain it. So failure isn't something you should be afraid of. It's something that's going to happen. It's something you're going to learn from. And it's a necessary part of the process if you want to become successful. And imposter syndrome is, I think, one of the biggest things that people struggle with and continuously struggle with it. But look, you can't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 50. Like you can't stand back and look at someone's castle that they've built. (laughs) And like as you're laying the first brick and compare yourself because they did the same thing. They had to lay that first brick as well. So just stay in your lane, focus on you. And also know that you don't need to be on like a doctorate level to teach something to a kindergartner. If you're in first grade, you can teach them something that 
saves them time, saves them frustration, saves them money. So don't think that you need to be a well-polished, complete expert, know absolutely everything in order to succeed at whatever it is that you're doing. So those three things, if you can get over those, you become unstoppable, honestly, because those are the things that people are so worried about. And it's those mental blocks. And once I got over those, it's just like, boom, it's like a rocket ship taking off. Yeah. So good, man. So good. It's crazy how you have little things like going on in your life that kind of connect and things like that was my word the other day that I was like focused on for some reason. Like it just was coming up unstoppable. And so I was like writing out what that meant to me and things like that. But those, yeah, like getting over, don't talk to people who aren't going where you want to go. Get over that imposter syndrome and don't compare yourself. Those are amazing, amazing things that if you do start implementing, you will become unstoppable. So John, thank you so much for sharing that. Before we wrap things up, I do ask one question, my guess, and has to do with the fifth trait of pencil leadership. And that's being that we are all created uniquely and with a purpose to leave a positive mark on the world. And so when everything is said and done for you here on earth, what do you hope your mark is? Yeah. You know, I got asked this question the other day and I was like, you know, I haven't really spent a ton of time thinking about that, but a, I want to just be known as someone who did things their own way. One of my favorite songs is My Way by Frank Sinatra. He's one of my favorites, man. Yes. But um, in terms of the impact, man, like through things like this, when I speak on a stage, when I do a podcast through my podcast through my book, I just really want to help shift people's thinking to allow them to see the possibilities in life, see life for what it really is and help be that spark for them to go take action on living the life of their dreams, living a life of freedom, living a life of fulfillment and just being that voice for someone and being the example of like, wow, if he did it, I can do it too. If that kicked out of high school for selling $5 bags of weed (laughs) and you know, all that can build this business and do all these things. Like I probably can too. So just helping shift the perspective and inspire, especially younger people. Like that's really what I'm set after. Amazing, man. Amazing. So cool. And you're doing, I know that just from watching you from afar and getting to know you a little bit better. And so it's really a cool thing and keep up the great work. Where can people connect with you at best and find out more about what you're doing, what you have coming up? Yeah, I appreciate you, Chris. And Number one place I'm putting out content right now is my podcast, The Unconventional Education Show, which is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And then on Instagram, you can find me there at John Stankowitz and I have all my stuff there. So cool. Awesome. Yeah. So get connected with him, everybody. Just a really cool guy with a lot of value to give on those platforms for free. So John, again, thank you for being on Pencil Leadership today. Appreciate you, Chris. Thanks for having me, man. No problem. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.